Hey, everybody, if you're looking for new fitness equipment to add to what you have and you want to find something that really complements the steel mace that you're swinging already, consider going with freedomstrength.us. They have strongman sandbags, throwing sandbags, uh, all kinds of lifting gear. They have training sandbags, resistance bands, and weight vests, and they have apparel. And if you use the discount code SMN10 at checkout, you're going to get 10% off. You're going to help support the podcast and you're going to help support a good American company right in Pennsylvania, U.S. of A. So check out freedomstrength.us. It started then. I'm, I'm ready to go. All right. Here we go. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Steel Mace Nation podcast. Today, I'm speaking with a man in China. I'm in New Jersey. He's in China. We, it, this might be a little glitchy. Hopefully, it's going to work out. But if you don't know who he is, he's Victor Rouse. Uh, he's a writer, uh, health, a health and fitness writer, and he's a really awesome mover, trains with clubs, uh, has fantastic videos. Your Instagram is V Rouse V R O W S E V R O W S E at V R O W S E. Um, I enjoy watching your videos. I think everybody else does too. Um, you work out with a cool crew. You got really good action shots with the videos, everything. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Let's talk about training with the steel mace and steel clubs. For real. Let's get down to it. Let's get down to it. Um, so, uh, first of all, let me just say, um, I, 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 uh, I started out with clubs about five years ago. Uh, before that, I was mostly um, doing other like functional training, like uh, including kettlebells, uh, some like more traditional gym equipment, you know, barbells and dumbbells. But since I moved to clubs about five years ago, there's been, you know, pretty much nothing else going on in my, in my fitness journey. You know, it's, it's, it's just got me hooked yeah. and that's where I am now. It's a, it's a great spot to be in. I do play with maces as well, but, uh, for the most part I'm into, uh, I'm into the clubs. Okay. So this is a common thing that happens. Uh, people get into clubs or mace and they never seem to go back to the other stuff anymore. And yeah. I could totally see why it is fun. It's addictive. But what is it? What is it actually like with you personally? Um, is it the mental stuff? Is it you know the you know creating flows, or is it just the movement patterns? Is it everything? Like what's going on there? Why is this happening? Yeah, it, it is a bit of everything. I think I think to start with, I should explain how I got into it. So for me cuz i i'm a writer and i i guess i still think of myself as partly an academic and partly a fitness coach like uh, i just by the way i was well i just finished writing a, a book um which is going to be released in china early next year um which is my conception of what what health should be about including what a uh, a good set of movement patterns to to enhance health looks like and um, it was actually when I was researching uh, the history of fitness and the history of movement that I, I kept coming across uh, club swinging, uh, yeah. which was like, you know, just kept coming up in these really old texts talking about like how, how people used to train in like the 18th and 19th centuries. And like, you know, I saw this, this, 
this club swinging was even an Olympic event in the past. And I was like, well, wow, this is crazy. I thought like, how, how did this thing, which was so popular in the past, uh, just suddenly, you know, disappear almost. Right. And, uh, and it just really got me wondering. And, uh, and so, so I, I, I happened to find a coach who was uh, at, a, at a very decent level, um, probably the only one at the time in the whole of China. And uh, he was a coach in, uh, he, he, he'd moved to China from the U.S. Is and it he trained. Hanurabi? That ha that's Habi, Habi Fuentes. Uh, and he trained, you, you might know him. He, 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 he was uh, on the podcast. He was on the, there you go, there yeah. you go. All right. So I found Habi when he was still in China. And, uh, you know, of course, because he'd done the training, he'd done the tag fit, he'd done train with on it and stuff. So he was able to give me a very good, uh, you know, starting, you know, st start a course in, in clubs, you know, before he before he left China. And that was uh, incredibly valuable um, because I, I think without him there, I mean, because I, I think clubs as well, you, you know, it's so much better to learn in person, especially because, you got so much movement going on in in you know in in different dimensions and like you know very hard to learn on on a on a flat screen i would yeah. say yeah 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 the the i've done zoom coaching before i i've it's worked i it definitely lacks it definitely lacks like you yeah. just said i was surprised yeah. at at how well it actually did work but i was more successful yeah. when i trained at least two people at the same time that we're together, like there was a husband and wife uh, and I would watch them and I would see who's doing better. And I would tell that person, show that person what you're doing with your foot, you know, that, that's that, interesting. Yeah. So I always recommend if you're going to do zoom call training to um, do it with, in, with couples, you know, get a friend or somebody involved and do it together, split the cost. Okay. And, and then that, they, you actually, really yeah. 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 So, yeah, I mean, this is what this podcast is about. It's about uh, helping steel mace coaches and, and club coaches, whatever, uh, unconventional training, help them bring the modalities up a little bit, get more business, you know, uh, coaching tips and stuff. So we're right in the wheelhouse. And another thing is you you seem to have a concept of the history because you mentioned yeah. the, these old texts that you were reading. So uh, do you – did, where did you find these books? Uh, do you still have them? Um, anything really oh, compelling? Yeah. yeah, I mean, I remember reading uh, a book. I think it was by Norman Gardner, and I think that was about the uh, the training of the ancient Greeks. And right. uh, <laughs> and then uh, I got on to reading like about the history of dumbbells. It was like a really good article I read. I can't remember who the author was, but the history of dumbbells, kettlebells, and clubs. And like, of course, I was always already really familiar with dumbbells and kettlebells. And I was like, wow, clubs, like, what's that? Like, you know, uh, how, how does that fit into the, the, the fitness universe? And then, uh, and then like, you know, I, I, I started to read about uh, the fitness kind of um, uh, culture, if you like, in India and in, in, and in the Middle East. And, you know, that, that just, that just blew my mind, you know, because then, then like, then suddenly it's like, it's one of these things like uh, when, when you realize it's it, it suddenly it, it's, it's everywhere, right? You know, you, you just start yeah. looking at videos of people training in India. Hey, hang on. Everyone's got a damn club, right? Well, <laughs> where, what was I been doing for my whole life? Right. right. <laughs> How long have you been actually training with clubs for? 
So, so now pretty much uh, solid for the last five years. Uh, oh, okay. Clubs. Yeah. That, that's pretty good because um, I, I've been doing it for about three years. And I know yeah. there's a bunch of new people that have piled in. Uh, so yeah. somebody such as yourself, you know, people would be looking to you. Uh, to see what you're doing because you've been doing it for five sure. years and and it sh it shows. I mean, you definitely uh, you and your your crew, you guys move really well. Um, who are those guys that you train with? Who are the guys that train? So, I mean, I've got a I've got a crew. I can say now in China. Um, I after I got hooked, I just uh, I just told everyone around me like, look, this is the future, guys. You got to get into this. <laughs> The past is so, the future. See that? <laughs> you got to get into this. So I started running. I started running group classes at first, and like, you know, it, it was hard going in the beginning. Like, I'd I'd be there some weeks, and there'd be like one guy showing up. You know? Oh, yeah. It was, it was hard going. Um, but I knew. Uh, I I, I kind of knew some. Uh, you know, plenty of industry professionals, and I started just to talk to them purely about the, uh, the the benefits as a you know as a training tool over other conventional tools from from the perspective of like uh, you know joint health uh, mobility and just like the range of movement patterns which are possible with a, with a club versus say a barbell which is you know just so so commonly used right and so I I, I talked to a few uh, other coaches into um, to coming into a, a, a I, I started running two day courses in clubs to try to up the level of understanding and, and get other people up to up to scratch in China. And, you know, I, I at the beginning, again, it, it was hard getting people to sign up. I, I just had to, like, you know, twist a few arms and, like, you know, force people into these courses. You know, it was painful stuff. But then <laughs> suddenly it was like, I don't know what the turning point was, but like, suddenly we reached a critical mass where it wasn't just me just forcing people to show up and, and swing these clubs. Suddenly there was like a few trainers and like people were like queuing to get into the classes. And then we're like, we were like, okay, we're onto something here. This is something legitimate, right? Other people can see, other people are starting to see the value here. And then uh, I, I basically... You know, now I, I train regularly with the the sort of first generation of club bell coaches in China, and uh, we we try to come up with like some new flows every time we meet up. You know, just it could be the same movements we've already practiced and just putting them together in different ways, or we could just be trying like trying to create some new movements. Like you know, because the world of possibility is just huge when you've got this uh, when you've got a club in your hands, right? Yeah. And, and is that one of the aspects when you're trying to when you're trying to twist people's arms to come and train? Is that one of the aspects you 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 let them in on that it's it's kind of like mentally stimulating to come up with these movement patterns? Absolutely, absolutely, and I, I think that's what gets the people hooked as well. So and and actually yeah. that's that's why we we notice the people showing up uh, for these classes are also n not quite the same. Um, uh, client base as i guess for a lot of traditional gym training some of the people who come into my club classes they've never trained in a gym before yeah. they've uh they, they they're, they're bored stiff if they go to a gym and, and do like regular you know sets and reps of like barbell you know squats and you know deadlifts or whatever some of them are 
like uh, they're they're yoga. They're they're into yoga. They're mm. into dance. They're into like completely uh, different, like like non-conventional fitness. Like uh, from you know from a, if you're a strength coach, you know totally different. But they 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 really get hooked onto the, the sort of the flow aspect and the sort of the creativity, being able to put movements together. I mean, yeah. and that's 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 been the key, really. Yeah, I, I uh, notice it's sort of like a dichotomy. A lot of people are actually like I call them the anti-workout group or the rebels of the fitness community, but they're working out. But it, it's that mindset. It's like a different mindset. They're really almost saying I want to do it a different way than what traditionally is done, right? Oh, we seem to have a glitch. Are you there, man? Ah, this is this is the problem. You know, we get to a good spiel here. We were really going well, and um, I have a feeling this this episode was really gonna take off. Man, this sucks. Um, so we're gonna see if we can salvage this somehow. Mm-hmm. See if he comes back on. Stand by, everybody. If you're listening on um, on audio, what happened is we had a, a glitch with the Zoom call, and Victor fell off, and I'm by myself now. And I'm trying to see if I could get him to come back on. If I don't edit all this out, then you're going to be hearing this stuff. Uh, but probably if I want to be professional, I should, I should edit this. Try again. Try again. So let me write this down. So about the 13-minute mark. 13-minute mark. Cut. Drink some coffee. Yeah, if I don't, if I don't actually cut this out, uh, if you're driving, listening to this, it's horrible right now. It's this is excruciatingly painful. If you're watching on YouTube, you're probably gone already because you're not really watching because you want to. Watch me flounder through this this problem here. Do, 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 do. We're recording. All right, so the uh, the video was cut off. On his end, I'm still recording, guys. So I'm going to just try to fill in the void here a little bit, uh, try to salvage some of this until he comes back on. But uh, Victor, you know, it seems like a really interesting guy. Um, he's talking about how, you know, training uh, steel clubs in the beginning, getting getting his clients in through the door was he had. Oh, uh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. 
16.30. Victor. Oh, man. Hey, we're, are you there? Yeah, we're still recording. I can edit out uh, th that whole. Oh, okay. Because it wasn't good. I, I, I offered nothing during that time. I was floundered. Oh, oh so, man. Yeah. Do you oh, remember man, what you were my, just saying? Yeah. Um, I remember where, exactly where we got cut off was where you were starting to talk about a dichotomy. Yes. Um, and that's where I got cut off. So maybe you can just keep going after the word dichotomy. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I was just saying that um, it seems like the people you're talking about, they're the, they're the rebel or the anti-fitness yeah. crowd, right? But yeah. they're coming into it and they're actually getting fitness out of it. But for them, it's not it's not the same mindset as the regular gym goer, the traditional type. It's really interesting right. dichotomy. Yes. I a hundred percent agree. And, um, I, I, I don't know, like, because, uh, I, I, I don't know what, what the ideal scenario is. Does it, does it, does this type of training stay as a sort of have a, like a cult following, like a minority following a non-traditional sort of attack to it? Or do we kind of hope that this becomes the future mainstream? Because, like, I kind of think it's a better way of doing things, right? Yeah. Well, but, I mean, yeah. can you completely say regular barbell training and, and, and dumbbells and stuff? I mean, if somebody wants to truly build as much muscle as possible, what's better? Yeah, it's, it's going to be better, yeah. Yeah, but you a lot of people run into these injuries and stuff because they're they're not working in these fluid planes of motion that you do with clubs, right? Right. It's like yeah. it's like uh, more athletic training with clubs, yeah. so it's better for the general public, right? People that are pushing lawnmowers for a living, fighting fires for a living, right? Um, Absolutely, I would you, agree. You want to be a bodybuilder and you want to get up on stage? Well, maybe you don't mess around with clubs, although. I do think clubs could help bodybuilders out. For real? I think so. I think it's, it, a, it's it, they yeah. get they get their shoulders all messed up from heavy bench pressing, and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm, yep. I'm. Would you agree? A mill, an outside mill, an inside mill is probably one of the best uh, shoulder exercises out there. Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah. I think though, uh, a lot of young bodybuilders, they, you know, when you're young, though, you you feel indestructible and you feel. I don't need to sort of do this kind of like prehab kind of work, right. you know. I I, 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 think you're totally right. I, I think maybe like a, a sort of later stage bodybuilder wanting to prolong their career. I kind of totally see like the club could be could be useful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. And and I'm noticing a lot of body of your your best bodybuilders out there. They train with a lot of machines, and they don't they don't really go that heavy, right? So All if right. you could introduce to them a club that's not too heavy and you give them a shoulder routine that burns out right. their shoulders, they'll get a shoulder yeah. pump. They will love it. They will love it. So I think that that's a good way to bring the modality kind of like into the greater sphere. It's, but this has been something that I've yeah. talked about before. There's also something really awesome about the intimacy of, of this culture and That's how true. it's so small. Yeah. And I feel like if you blow it out and it gets too big, yeah. it's going to get commercialized. And then I know. Yes. I don't know what to make of it after that. I, I, I totally, you know, I'm on the same wavelength as well. And uh, I kind of feel like when I, when I was researching the history of fitness, I kind of feel like uh, one of the reasons um, the club's, 
fell in popularity, like which must have happened like you know sometime uh, like 50, 60 years ago, was 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 ultimately the commercialization of uh, the fitness industry. Mm -hmm. uh, because as you say, if if you're just training for you know mostly for for appearance, like uh, which which I, th I think the majority of the fitness market is still still primarily focused on clubs are not necessarily your best choice and i kind of feel like that was what that was why like you know they were replaced by machines and barbells and dumbbells so so what happens now like you know what happens now do if clubs can can have some sort of resurgence uh i'd hate to see it you know commercialized in yeah. any way you know I, it is as you say like this is this is a really really good feeling like you know even now in china it's so new uh but maybe i mean that's part of the reason it's just like I, I kind of like we we use uh, different like uh, social media apps here. Like so, we have our own version of um, you know TikTok, which is uh, Douyin, like the Chinese version, right? I kind of know all the club swingers in China already, and like uh, we're always like posting positive comments on each other's like yeah. you know videos and everything. It's it's great. There's none of the the negativity. Which there's none of the one-upmanship and the sort of putting others down, which you sometimes see uh, as well in uh, in other types of, of of sports and fitness and you know related uh, activities. So yeah, we we gotta we gotta keep our fingers crossed on that one. Yeah, that's such a good point that you're making. I'm glad you said that because um, the the community is really, I think, one of the biggest. Um, once people start getting into it. They start to realize there's this community there, yeah, and that there's this interesting history. And like you just mentioned earlier, like wait a minute, there's all this rich history that I wasn't even aware. Yeah. Of. That's very alluring to people, and I and I think that's really what it's bringing people in. And then you're you're instantaneously part of this positive, tight knit group, and. Yeah. And it and I always say it myself, like if you run into a person in the store that swings a club or a mace, you're like instant best friends. It doesn't matter sure. what your politics yeah. are or anything. It's like, oh, you yeah, do yeah. that. <laughs> and yeah, then, yeah, yeah. you know, it, everybody else around is like, oh, here we go. We're gonna be talking about your clubs again. Uh, we're gonna go yeah. wait, right? It's it's yeah. so fun like that. So so yeah, I I hope it gets bigger. And that's my goal on the podcast here, but I don't want to see it lose that, that, uh, that, that nice, intimate uh, tradition, you know. And right. the history is is I think part of it. So I mean, if people don't, I I feel like if people know more about the history, we could get more people involved. Yeah. You, you could get more clients. I could get more clients. And then sure. they and then they will embrace the, the history, the tradition, and it won't yeah. it won't turn into like Reebok, Reebok Mace or Nike <laughs> Nike Mace with all. Well, you you know when you use the word Reebok and we're thinking about fitness and history and trends and stuff, because what we're talking about like this cult feeling. You know that's how that's how CrossFit started, man. That's how CrossFit started, and then and then it became Reebok CrossFit, man. That that's what happened. <laughs> You're right. You're damn <laughs> right. Wow, wow. And I know you wrote an article about ah CrossFit. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, because you you uh, let's let's uh, first of all you write for Tatler magazine, 
which is That's United right. Kingdom based, right? Yeah, so yeah, if, it's the UK. Yeah. yeah. So if everybody goes to your Instagram, V Rouse, they could see that that um, handle, uh, Tatler Magazine, and um, yeah. you do mention somewhere uh, that your art. I guess your article is on Tatler Magazine, right? Yeah, that's yeah. right. But they're all in they're all in Chinese because it's the, uh, the 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 local tattler rather than the, the okay. uh, UK tattler. Yeah, I wonder yeah. if you could uh, hit the thing up in the upper right hand corner on your computer to uh, translate. Oh, yeah. No, to translate oh. translate the um, the Chinese to English or whatever. Oh, that yeah, might... yeah, yeah. I, I still have yet to read the article, but can you talk a little bit about that? Because I noticed there was a picture of an old gym next to the new CrossFit gym, and you're like, oh, yeah, there's ropes, and it's an open yeah. space. It looks like a gymnasium. Yeah. So what's up with yeah. that? Yeah. What happened? So is the old come back to new? And is the, is Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because what I noticed when I was like um, – so I, I'm a CrossFit certified coach as well. I did my CrossFit level one, and then – I mean, there's, there's actually a, there's a lot of good things I like about CrossFit. Uh, just the sort of whole idea about, uh, I mean, Glassman's originally uh, original idea is, is from from my perspective was a lot, a lot of it was about returning to sort of an older type of uh, you know exercise modalities. I mean, the fact that the the, the CrossFit uses the like the barbell quite a lot, I, I think is, is by the by. I mean, there's still a, a ton of good gymnastics in, in CrossFit, right? There's a ton of like, um, it, it also like, it brought the kettlebell into the sort of the, the more of the mainstream. And then like, just because of this insistence on having constantly varied um, modalities in the, in, the, in the competitions, you know, you got people climbing ropes, you got people swimming, you got people like, you know, doing doing like all sorts of things like i think it, it blew a lot of people's minds and uh i mean so so first of all like i i i i'm still like on the whole like have have a positive view of crossfit uh after i did my level one certification though i uh, i i wrote an open letter to crossfit ceo right um and uh I, I wrote it in English and in Chinese, and I basically said, "Look, I love so much about CrossFit, but if your if your definition is high, you know, constantly varied, high intensity functional movement, right? Well, <clears throat> where are the rotational movement patterns? That's that was the the, the that's what I that was like how one of the points. How dare you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. How dare I raise that as a, as a point, right? So I'm like, I said, look, you know, I love so much about CrossFit, but like. Well, why don't why doesn't CrossFit include the the club and the mace? Yeah, that that was my suggestion to Eric Rosa, the the CrossFit CEO. He hasn't replied to me yet, right? But like uh, you know, he he is hoping right one day. But like that was my my big my one of my big objections to CrossFit was, well, you're gonna you're going all this way to bringing uh, movements back to being more functional. Well, why not go the whole way, right? You, you're getting people away from the machines back to you know dumbbells and barbells, and why not? Why not get the clubs in there as well? You know, so that was one of my uh, my big points about CrossFit. But uh, I, I wrote another article on the uh, on, on CrossFit because I did so much research into it as well. And uh, what I noticed was that if you took a picture of a CrossFit gym today and you compared that with a gym from like you know about a hundred or two hundred years ago. They're actually very similar. They're yeah. really, really similar. And this is really a kind of scary thing, like because most people don't realize 
like uh, we talked today about functional training, right? Before I think about 1960, all training was functional. There, there was no such thing as dysfunctional training, right? Right. <laughs> it was something which was created around about the 1960s, uh, you know, to promote bodybuilding as a sport. So we created these ways of, of moving, which had, you know, bore no relation to, uh, you know, movements in, in, in the real world, right? Yeah. Uh, it's just hilarious how, how, like, you know, the industry goes through cycles. And then, and then at a certain point, we realized, hang on, this stuff is retarded, right? What the hell are we doing? <laughs> we, we should be doing... We should be doing something functional. I, I can guarantee before bodybuilding got big, nobody in fitness ever used the word functional because everything was functional, right? Right, right. it's just, it's like saying water is wet or something. It's just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we're going to sell you wet water now. Like, <laughs> right, yes. What, what else would we be drinking? <laughs> Jesus, right. you know? right. Oh man, it's yeah. it's so it's 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 all these marketing schemes that they come up with. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. So so like you also mentioned how when uh people started getting into dumbbells and stuff, it, they made it they made it seem like, oh, don't keep training that way. Use dumbbells. This is this is the thing that's going to really change your workouts and and now people are buying dumbbells going to gyms with dumbbells right so they're buying into the industry but nobody's like thinking or asking the question like wait are, am i just getting something repackaged here are you just using words to trick me into yeah. thinking something new when it's it's all marketing yeah. for real i mean like i was looking at some of the workouts from from 100 years ago uh like the, the old school strongman I mean, I, I love researching these guys like, you know, Shandau and like, you know, there's the guy with the bent press, the world record for the bent press, yeah. uh, uh, Saxon. I think his name, Arthur Saxon, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. Still nobody's broken his record from like, you know, it's like uh, more than 100 years now. And like, uh, you know, now we teach these exercises as if, oh, this is the exercise, you know. This is like the top functional exercise, you know, you know, revolutionizing the fitness. Industry. This is stuff like which was routine for strong men 200 years ago, which we somehow managed to forget. And now we're just kind of coming back to now. It's just it's just hilarious. You know? Yeah. Yeah. The, the history is so intriguing. And I know I know yeah. a lot of people are. If that's starting to pop up more now, and and I, I love delving into that. Um, and actually, I'm now I'm looking at you as a good source for the the history. I'm going to have to have you come back on one day where we start with some point in history, at, yeah. at, you know, as far back as you know. We'll start there and we'll we'll bring it forward because I'm going to be doing this with uh, several other people. Uh, there's a guy in the United Kingdom uh free flow free i just talked to him yesterday he put up a picture okay. in in united kingdom somewhere there's this giant uh picture it's a picture taken from the air some people in the medieval times drew a human structure swinging a club and he's wow. like he's naked so you can see his genitals and Whoa. everything this is literally Whoa. you can see it from the sky and wow okay yeah, and and he's holding this club and i'm like 
oh, this is this is amazing. So, you know, we know that ancient man was picking up a stick with a rock on it and smacking shit with it. And this yeah. is every all over the globe, right? Everywhere. Right. In China, yeah. in, in Persia, yeah. right? The yeah, American Indians sure. did for it. Sure. So uh the ancient warriors trained heavily with it, you know, so um, it's fascinating. And, and, I, and I'd love to, you know, get into it more and get this up here, you know, on this podcast. So that's here for prosperity. Absolutely. There, there's a there's an Instagram account. What's the name? Physical culture historian or, you know, the guys uh, I follow them and I find a lot of their stuff really interesting as well. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, so I go, was thinking of them, and I couldn't remember their name. I'm glad you brought them up. That, they they show the old amazing. Indian club stuff, and they mentioned stuff Absolutely. about the Olympics. And yes, I never knew that was in the Olympics. I know. It's crazy. It's yeah. crazy. Absolutely crazy. So that's good information. When you're trying to get a, a, some, a client, you say, well, they, they used to do this in the Olympics. You know? It, yes. You know, yeah. if this was legit. You know, they weren't dumb legit. people back then. <laughs> For real. For real, yeah. All right, so Victor, uh, tell us uh, how people could get in touch with you. Tell us how people could come and train with you. Um, where, where's your location? Are you in Shanghai? I'm I'm in Beijing. I used to be in Shanghai. Uh, yeah. Now I'm in Beijing, and um, but now, like increasingly, uh, I I'm running workshops in clubs uh, up and down the country. So last week I was in Guangzhou, which is in the south of China. Uh, next month, actually, I'll be doing a trip to Shanghai. Uh, I'm running a bunch of, um, uh, classes this weekend in Beijing. I, uh, you know, I, I, uh, I see it as kind of, kind of my, it's, it's now my job to kind of go out and get more people into clubs. Uh, that, that is that's so what cool. I see. <laughs> that is so cool. Yeah. Why, why, why is that your why? job? <laughs> <laughs> I figure if I don't do it, who the hell is, you know? It has to be done. <laughs> Is that how is that how you see it, it has to be done? It, it, it it's got to be done. Yes. Yeah. So, okay. uh okay. Th th at the beginning it was kind of a labor of love because there was no money in it at all, man. I was, you know. <laughs> right. But but now thankfully it it can pay the bills. I have met, you know, I I think we've 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 passed a critical point in China now where enough people are kind of seeing the value that when I when I, you know, advertise I'm going to be doing this workshop on these dates in, uh, you know, wherever it is, Shenzhen, Qingdao. I, this this year has gone crazy. I've done Shenzhen, Qingdao, Kunming. Like, I don't know if you know half these places, but like, you know, I've been up and down China uh, running workshops in clubs this year, and they're all sold out now. Like, wow. uh, this is like the, this is the first year where like, I'm not having to bend people's arms to come to my courses. They're like, they're like, you know, they're like signing up. The word you know? is out. So, uh, the word is out. Yeah. Yeah. So how do people so, get into your workshops? Do they follow your Instagram? And then uh, in, they can do. Yeah. I mean, Instagram, though, is still not that big in China because you need a VPN to use it. So I. Uh, oh, yeah. I got a hilarious story for you. So uh, like uh, so I use so I use mostly the local uh, Chinese uh, social media apps. Um, WeChat, Douyin and uh, uh I'll talk more about Douyin because um, you might find this hilarious, right? On Douyin, I started uh, posting videos on Douyin a few years ago, and my my fans in China, um, they think I look like the uh, the British actor Jason Statham. 
<laughs> I don't know if you see any resemblance at all. Besides the fact that we both have no hair, uh, I, I, I think that's it, you know? I think that's Wait, it. Wait, hold on. I got yeah. people saying the same thing to me, so I don't... Okay. I'm okay, so we're, 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 we're of a likeness, right? In China, you'd be Jason Statham too, right? <laughs> so so I, uh, I, uh, I, I, I decided, like, after, like, the hundredth comment, I thought, what the hell? I'll just change my Douyin account name to uh, Statham, Statham V. Well, it's in Chinese, uh, Jason Satan V. Okay, so that's now my my Douyin account name. I am the the Chinese Jason Statham. Oh, nice man, that good. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Yeah, why not? Right. Yeah. I mean, he's he's a he's a tough guy, a formidable uh, athlete. Yes. I'd, I'd love to meet him one day and. Uh, and I bet you he would love to train clubs with you too. So I, th I think he would. I think Jason, he would. I, if I you're think listening, I, hook up with. I think Victor. I said. I think I sent him a sent him a message on Instagram one day. I'm not sure he got that yet, but uh, you know, <laughs> one of these days, right? Oh, that I, you know what? I sent Ozzy Osbourne a message once. <laughs> that I that I would train him to steal mace. I just I'm doing it because I just want to hang okay. out with him one day. But uh, yeah, I don't yeah. think he got it either. So we got to keep working at that, I, Victor. I, you know, it'll happen. I, I've also work. yeah, it will happen. I've also messaged uh, the Rock uh, and yeah. Jason Momoa. Yeah, I think they'd be great ambassadors for club swinging. Uh, and I've told them, you know, next time they're in China. They need to. They need to look me up. I'll, I'll fly wherever they're coming into, and uh, we'll we'll do some clubs. You know. And you are you going to give them a discount? Uh, yeah, I, you know, I might. They'll, they'll need to give me like a boost on my my Instagram though. So you know. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's yeah. I hope that actually works out for you, man. You're. I. I really think you're Thanks. the right guy to do it. You're. You're. Uh, you like I said, you move well and. Um, Everybody, check out Victor on his uh, on his Instagram or his TikTok or whatever. Uh, you know, if you're in China, you, you got to go through your VPN or whatever. Uh, but uh, also, before we go, if people are in, say, the United States or United Kingdom and, and they want to access you, uh, it would be best through the Instagram account. And yeah, still best through my Instagram. And uh, you know, I I I haven't made much of an effort on my YouTube account. I, I I should get moving, but for now, Instagram is the best way. Any plans to come to the US? Uh, you know, it's it's interesting actually, because like uh, uh, it seems like um, it seems like the, the the frequency and the the number of club bell workshops in the US is still still not really that 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 much, and. Uh, We've, I've had a bunch of people in the U.S. asking like whether we'd ever whether whether we'd ever go out there. So I wouldn't rule it out. I mean, okay. I personally would love to do a trip to the U.S. Uh, to, to to sort of like exchange, like share what I know and what I love about clubs with you know with people who are into it over there, and also to learn more. All right. Yeah. We got less than one minute. I I hope you keep us notified on that, and uh, and definitely do come to us. I'm sure we can help you get some people to jump into the workshop. Victor, thanks for coming out to the podcast. Thanks everybody for listening. We'll see you at the next one.
What's up, everybody? Are you in the market for a new steel mace? Look no further than Adex Maces and Clubs. Go to adexclub.com, place your order, and have them delivered right to your house. Adjustable steel mace made right here in the United States.